Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Street Fight radio program. We are on your uh, digital devices, and it's the show that you come to know every single week for 10 years now. We've continued to do this this uh, song and dance, and we're going to keep it up until the end of days. Uh, so buckle in and uh, make yourself comfortable. Um, we're trying to build a gigantic movement of people to... Uh, flatten all hierarchies across the earth. Um, if you're into that idea, let us know. Uh, if you got a good idea on what to do, we'd love to hear it as well. Um, we are available on WCRS LP FM in Columbus, Ohio. Check it out. Add it to your radio dial. If you're here in Columbus, uh, you can listen to us each week. And then Sunday nights, we do the call-in street fight. That's where we hear from you, the listener. 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this Sunday. Call and talk to us. We'll be here. We want to hear what's going on in your world and uh, and how things are with you. Um, and if you are, I don't, and if you are looking for a way to support the show, you can do that by reviewing it on whatever podcasting app you get it from or. Uh, uh, going to patreon.com slash Fi radio you know you get access to hundreds of bonus shows you sign up for five dollars they don't even take the money today you get access to our entire catalog of premium shows um the trend we're the trendsetters you know of patreon of podcasting um we came up with all this shit that everybody's doing and uh that's why you know brian in his deep dive system is being copied by everybody else on the block but no one is like us so head to patreon.com slash street fight radio uh, or store.streetfightradio.com and uh buy some stickers and shit i feel like nobody, i'm all i feel like i'm all alone now nobody dives deeper than me i love that places i that's just true. dive deep as i can as possible and all different sorts of subjects that are roughly the same, you know? Yeah. I deep dive too. Yeah. I'm Just, more. Yeah. Mine's more about like dudes who are bad, you know, mostly I go looking for bad dudes and right. then just really like to spend as much time as I can with them talking in my ear, reading about them, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I deep and, dive uh, for pleasure. Yeah. It makes me feel less bad, you know, to, what? to know that there's people worse than you. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm <laughs> operating <laughs> on a, uh, I'm operating on like a relative level where it's like, man, you know, I'm not, I'm not any of these guys. I'm, I'm not fucking man cow. So yeah, it, that's it, something. I think it's also nice to see some dim bulb get like a million fucking dollars because then you there's no reason to believe that there's any way that makes sense on like where what you should expect or where your career is going to go or anything. It's like the the some of the dumbest people in the world have the most. Yeah, some dumb motherfuckers get million. I mean, you know, levels of money. I mean, Joe Rogan sits around in in furniture made and stuffed with money, you know. And he's got to be one of the dumbest guys I've ever heard. I was so annoyed today, dude, because like my uh, Spotify year in wrapped thing okay. came up to yep. tell me what I've been listening to. And like, I don't put a lot of stock in the Spotify wrapped because I do a lot of work using Spotify, you know? Okay. So 
it can't really tell me what I was interested in over the year because I have to listen to like, you know, the new metal albums and the butt rock albums and stuff like that. And it told me my favorite podcast of the year was fucking Joe Rogan. Cause nice. I listened to six episodes of it over the year. And I'm like, you could have just left that out. I listened to six episodes because I, because one of them had Jim Brewer on it. One of them had Anthony Cumia on it. Yeah. You know, I just listened to it. I, I, I go where my muse takes me. And it was Jim Brewer at that time. Uh, so I got my shot, my third shot, my, my booster shot. I did the right thing. I went to Walgreens. Miserable experience. T- completely, totally miserable experience. I could not be more mad at the Walgreens Corporation than I was last night. Um, well, they I wasn't do. mad at, at the... Just... There were two people working at the uh, pharmacy, right? And one of them was in the white coat and one of them was in scrubs. Okay. And I don't know what that means. That could just be like, you know, back when I worked at the cable company, they had like polo shirts and they had collared like shirts. They had t-shirts and they had denim uh, button-up shirts and uh, I wore a denim button-up shirt but that didn't mean shit it just was my preference was to wear a denim button-up shirt to work okay you know? yeah so you think but you think that the jacket person is that maybe they just like the jacket yeah or do you think they're I think or you think that's like a title thing like I earned this jacket I, I wonder I do wonder I I don't know how pharmacists uh what they do you know what i mean they have little uh, notepad pockets on the front of that jacket they can just write shit down so do you have to go why do you have to go to school for it again do you count you gotta count pills right yeah one you gotta be able to know what the side effects and shit are you gonna be able to tell them like what's up that's why i forgot to read that though you know at, at this point in time it's a bit different um yeah, I mean, I never ask them. I feel like I should. I'm I'm real bad with the doctor and with uh, any medical people. I don't trust them. It's just like a bad hillbilly problem I have ingrained in me, you know? Like, is it, do we need, I, I think what you're saying is like, I don't think I need, when they say, do you need any, you have any questions about yeah. your medication? It's right. like, no, I don't fucking have any questions. Is it written on the goddamn bottle? Okay. <laughs> right. Take it. I know what two every two, four hours means, you know, like I know <laughs> yeah. what that means. I know what take with, with water or take with a, with food. I know what that means. I think that is also like a have a nice day gimmick, you know, like, oh, because yeah. the cashier doesn't want you to, they don't care if you have a nice day, really. You know, uh-huh. they just fucking kind of send you out and, and <laughs> they say, have a nice day. And they're, but they're like, I, I mean, in their mind, they're like, I, I, I don't care if you have a bad day. I don't care if you walk out of this place and die today, you know, uh-huh. but they have to say it. Maybe that is the situation, but yeah, I don't what, know. What, what about, what about if, um, you were like, can, they were like, do you need anything? Do you need help with any, uh, any of the medications? And you said yes. And then they just grabbed the bottle and they read it really loudly at you. They were just like, take as needed. 
I just don't even know what they could. Yeah. What are they? What can they they're, fucking possibly tell me? And you know what? You and know? here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because they're bound by corporate speak, they aren't going to say like this one might give you the shits. Like the first time you yeah. try it, don't leave home. Like stay near a restroom because uh, it could be funky on your stomach. They also do. I mean, you got to be fair to a pharmacist because they do deal with the most annoying. I, I would have to say that like of the types of customers, people that go to the pharmacy got to be the most annoying types of customers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the education level of this country, not the best, especially when it comes to medical stuff, as we've seen uh, over and over again, Uh, lots of cranky people, uh, lots of people, lonely people too, like older, lonely people. So here's what pissed me off, Brett jacket lady was in the back doing something, standing somewhere in her fucking jacket. (laughs) Uh, Probably just puffing on a pipe or something, getting a little brain fluid going. Not answering the phone. The phone's just going fucking bonkers the whole time I'm there. Boop, 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 boop. Dude, we're talking constant, constant. (laughs) And this, and a drive-thru, ding, Ding, because guys are fucking <laughs> driving back and forth yeah. over the fucking gimmick outside. And this one lady is scrubs lady is fucking also handling every single customer situation. Okay. Everyone, every customer interaction went through scrubs lady. Right. Also scrubs lady was giving the shots, answering the phone checking in appointments, working the fucking drive through window, and Jacket Lady, I don't know what the fuck she was doing back there. What? But, like, I was so mad at her. And, and, and here's why I was mad at her, Brett. How many times you had a job where, like, somebody has a title that's just, like, barely above you? Uh-huh. Where they're just like, I don't deal with the customers. I'm sorry. I, I mean, if you didn't want to deal with the customers, you should work your way up to my position. Absolutely. No, that was always like people that became like leads or shit or people that were like, uh, yeah, like, oh, I don't I don't do that anymore. And it's like, uh, you're supposed to help. You're not that much. You're not doing that much more, you know, than me here. Like you can you can chip in. I know you know how to do this shit. And I'm just looking at this lady like I wanted to fucking scream at this. Everybody's being nice to scrubs lady. Right. Like nobody's being super mean. People are getting annoyed. Was she, I watched. Was she holding up like beakers with fluids in them, in them or something? No, dude. She was fucking standing. It looked. Listen, I don't know what she was doing. It looked like she was staring at the wall to me, from outside of the thing. Okay. Like, it. She was she, answering a phone. Maybe she was pondering pharmacological conundrums. Well, she was answering a phone, but from what I could figure out, it was she was talking to other pharmacists <laughs> and doctors and shit, which is also such a fucking call center thing. Yeah. Where, like when I worked at the call center, a motherfucker would get their ass off the phone and become like a manager or a lead. And then if they had to get on the phone, it would be to talk to another manager or another lead or something, never to a customer. Right. No, they spend most of their time talking to each other. And I was so mad about it. It, it, it. Basically, I was like super mad about it from all angles, right? Because it's like I made an appointment 
for this. Okay. Uh -huh. And I'm not trying to be a Karen. Okay. But I made a fucking 730 appointment. I made a 740 appointment for my wife. Guy in front of me made a 720 appointment. You know, there's all these people there with an appointment and they're waiting an hour in line. Plus the people without an appointment that are just there to pick up a prescription. They're fucking waiting 45 minutes in line. Line's not moving. And it's because Walgreens fucking, they were just like, put the, put the fucking appointments up. They probably get money from the, we know they get money from the fucking government. Right? Oh yeah. 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 You want to give those out. You get credits on that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So they fucking are just like, they don't give a fuck what the re what the material like situation is in the Walgreens in at all. They don't care about scrubs lady. Uh, they don't care about jacket lady. They don't care about me. They don't care about any of the people waiting in line. They don't, they don't fuck the guy. They don't care about the guy that's fucking sitting in his car out at the drive through. Unsure if the place is even fucking open, you know, like yeah. they don't care. Or the person that's calling on the phone over and over and over again. And the phone's just fucking going off in the most, it was so annoying. It, don't. it was so frustrating. Oh, it's exactly like uh, Starbucks, the Starbucks thing we talked about where it's like, yeah, we'll take your money. If you want to drink, we'll take the money. We don't know if we have enough people on and uh, uh, on staff to make it, and uh, they're they're gonna we're gonna make them make one hundred drinks ordered off the internet while you know fifty people want to come through the line. You know, yes, yeah. There's there's no there's no control. We have no control over the work environment, um, and it results in these like horrible situations for everyone involved. Everyone who wants to fucking fight. Except for Jacket Lady. Jacket, Jacket Lady, Lady was doing yeah. it right, dude. She was feeling great about her night, I think. Like, she was just kind of back there. Uh, I Swir think swirling a drink in her hand, swirling a maybe, crystal light in her hand, smoking a bubble pipe. Maybe doing paperwork. Maybe she Probably. was doing fucking paperwork, end of the night paperwork, so Scrubs Lady could leave on time, you know? Uh but I just I, I was I was totally shocked by the whole situation. I was so shocked when I saw two people working and then it was just a person who <laughs> one person doing everything. <laughs> yeah. Which is so crazy to me. That's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Also, they have you fill out paperwork on. They're like, do you want to fill your paperwork out online? So you fill your paperwork out online, and then when you get you get get there, they hand you the paperwork again. <laughs> nice, that's really that so mad, so fun, so fun when they do that. That makes you happy customers. We double checked it. Yeah, I mean that's the fucking weirdest thing. Uh, I did have the weirdest. Uh, I mean, like me and Katie are waiting in line, and I fucking look over, and they have dick pills. For like people with diabetes, which I was like, well, I'm probably going to get diabetes, but at least I'll be able to buy dick pills. And that's silver lining. You're improving, Brian. <laughs> You're looking at the bright side. Yeah. So, well, yeah, uh, it was just a nutty fucking. It was just such a nutty experience and it was so frustrating. And I hate that situation where, you know, one person doesn't have to. One person is doing like the the non-customer shit like everybody has to do the customer shit i'm sorry yeah at any customer at any place with customers i think 
if we're doing like a fucking thing where we're like horizontal organization, right? Mm-hmm. I think everybody in the building should have to deal with customers. Yeah, I agree. Well, not that some people aren't good at it. I don't know. There are. I don't know. But yeah, not, I not everybody like wants to. We got to think about our antisocial, you know, people. But a lot of that just want to stack get, boxes and shit. Yeah, they can stack boxes, though. You know what I'm saying? Like they can do because people who stack boxes also have to deal with the fucking customers, man. I did stock at Kroger and they were like, if somebody comes up to you, man, you got to show them where where right. it is. You got to know where everything in this fucking store is, which <laughs> I <by> always like, <laughs> didn't know it. Didn't know. They fucking gave you a test. I don't know how I I don't actually know how I got the job at Kroger because they did give you a test where like they were like, what aisle is this shit in? So it would be like shaving cream. What aisle is shaving cream in? And I somehow remembered all that shit. And got hired. Yeah, whenever I ask the Kroger, I always regret asking the Kroger stock person because some of them are like truly afraid, like just yeah. total deer in the headlights. Um, and they have to go with you. Yeah, they, they have they to go escort with you. you there. They're escorting you and they're like not super sure. And <laughs> yeah. they're fucking really nervous yep. that they walked you the wrong way, you know? Yep. You're like, where's the fucking Pop-Tarts? And then they start walking a direction and they're just like really holding on for dear life, hoping they don't have to turn around and walk the other direction because they started going the wrong way. I right. believe me, I've been there, my man. Yeah. Um, I also, well, I also had some, I've also seen some customer service breakdowns uh, recently. Uh, I did actually sign up for DoorDash because I need money for Christmas and I'm not going to overextend myself. That's a good fucking move, dude. I mean, how is it? How's DoorDash? Um, I like it a lot. It's so far, it's not bad. I just listen to podcasts all day uh, and drive around like a maniac. Um, but today, I ended up at Bob Evans, and Bob Evans was a fucking nightmare. Like what? I regretted it immediately. I walked in, and there's like four other DoorDash people sitting <laughs> in the lobby. Because like, the, like, and and. And the restaurant is about a quarter full and the counter space where there used to be like uh, little booths, not, not booths, little um, stools, you know, like the little round stools that you sit on near at a counter, like the whole counter is just filled with like to go orders. Um, and it, and like they get my information and I'm waiting there for 10 minutes and they bring food out and it's for one of the other drivers. And I was there for so fucking long. It was crazy. And as I was there, um, a guy leaving was just like, Jesus fucking Christ. And was just so pissed as he was leaving because the service was awful. Like everything was awful about it. Like drivers, another, a, another some of the most hot under the collar people I've ever seen in business, period. Well, the customers the, the too, a cust- the customer leaving, like the customers were pissed too. Like all around, it was just neglect everywhere you looked. <laughs> it was just like, everyone was way, way super, I'm sorry, super overwhelming. Um, yeah. And it was like, a com- it was just a complete shit show. I'm glad I didn't, I couldn't believe it. It sucks, man, because it's like, We've talked about this a lot, but it, it, like nothing is set up for that. 
No, you know? no, like, the whole the economy changed. And then, I mean, the whole industry of food has changed. And this yeah, is also an answer figured to it out. We still, one, we still haven't figured it out too. I think I have a solution for it. Uh, I, I believe I 100% have a solution for it. Um, these big corporations that do high volume orders, right? They just need a ghost kitchen in town. Yes. And then a place for people to come in and get the food, you know, without ordering online. You know, that, that's all it is. Like Chipotle can afford a ghost kitchen. For sure. And fucking Donato's can afford a fucking ghost kitchen. That's all it has to do be is a ghost kitchen. Yeah, it's really wild so far. And they, they made me get pickup from a fucking hospital, Tim Hortons. like i had to park in the fucking no parking zone and run inside to a tim hortons so weird but i could i also this is an answer to why people aren't taking no 12 dollar an hour jobs anymore because if i didn't have a kid like i could just drive for 12 hours a fucking day and have a pretty damn good existence for as much you know be able to have beer and drugs and go to concerts easily you know i could see myself like just spending the whole day in the fucking car until it's time to go hang out at somebody's house you know yeah, I really, I really wish they would have done food when I was driving for Lyft. I probably would have lasted, yeah, much longer. Like the the food part, I think seems like way up my alley. I just hated having people in my car, like yeah, disrespectful fucking assholes in my car for sure. Um, and, yeah, and a I- lot of DoorDash. Um, actually, I don't know if this is the case. It's just me, and if it's if I'm just an antisocial freak, but like. I mean, do a lot of people basically put throw it on my front porch as the uh, default anyway? Like, do you have to knock on the door to most people, or do you get to just throw it on the porch? Um, yeah, most it's we it's really weird uh, because that's I I also found out. Um, well, for the most part, people just have me leave it. So yeah, you just take a picture of it on their front doorstep. That's me, baby. The weird thing: the people that had me knock on the door were like super fucking depressed people like a, yeah. a full like of of the like few people that had me answer probably 75 percent of them were like i would call a i would like to call a wellness check on them if i could oh yeah like oh, house yeah. is just fucking miserably filthy clothes are disgusting hair is just a ball of grease and yeah. people answered the fucking they have they just answered the door like they're they're so far down a hole that they answer a fucking door like that I really was like worried about a few people. Yeah, that was that was the cable job, man. It was like, and then you're you're crawling around inside their fucking house, and you're like, "What is happening here, man? Why am I here?" You yeah, know? Uh, yeah, this they, is really sad. It's cr- in two days, man. Two days, and then today I saw a fucking woman getting goddamn violent at the rallies, screaming at the rallies, trying to beat the window in. Why? Uh, I don't fucking know. I couldn't understand what she was saying. Just motherfuckers, motherfuckers. She was trying to, to, to like reach into the window. The guy pushed her out of the, pushed her arm out, locked the window, and then she's beating on it as hard as she fucking can. Then she, it was, and it was just like, this is, <laughs> this is uh, fast food customer service. This is like that guy saying Jesus fucking Christ. Like the abuse is just immediately, just immediately the abuse set in. Uh, yeah. Also, I also have one thing, this is kind of regret as well, and this is not true, but it just made me laugh, 
is like every time I went, I would go like someone would order like one cup of soup from fucking Panera Bread. You know, <laughs> and I drive it to their house and they would tip me. And I'm like, you just, I bet you paid $14 for this yeah. cup of broccoli cheddar soup. And then I'm like, and this is why your ass lives in an apartment. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like real judgy. Like if you motherfuckers were not buy you, you, why, why are you people spending money on this? You shouldn't be, you're spent, you're paying way too much money for this shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I just had DoorDash tonight. I had this place called Yats that is very cheap place to eat actually and i paid 25 dollars just for my dinner oh fuck i know what you're talking about that's criminal and yats is basically like you can go in there and get it for eight bucks i fucking dog dog i swear i i went to bob evans i drove across the street to drop it off yeah <laughs> i literally i drove across the street um and then I also drove just like driving to people's jobs and giving their lunch stuff. I'm, I'm just like, why can't they go pick it up themselves? It's like 14 minutes away for me to get their fucking lunch for them. But we're so crunched for time and people are so pressed that they have to pay $18 for like a five guys combo, you know, to, for lunch. And, and so that's bizarre. an hour that maybe you're making three or $4 for that hour of work, <laughs> you know? Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know what people are making, but I, I mean, I just can't imagine. I, I think if you're eating DoorDash at lunch a lot, I mean, which I would do totally, I would have been a DoorDash freak uh, for lunch. But, you know, I try not to do it now because I think recently, I don't know what happened, but like I went and got something uh, and I went and picked it up myself, five guys. I went and got five guys. I picked it up myself and there was like almost a $10 difference. And I was like, oh, I got to stop doing this fucking Uber Eats shit, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I got out of it. I've been out of it for a long while. Uh, I, I got just snapped out of it because I'm like, this is goddamn stupid. You know, like I, I don't mind. I'm fully able. I can go get my food, you know, extenuating circumstances or once in a while. But like to just be like laying on the couch and like, you know, in your own filth and then just typing up another order for food of styrofoam food, man, you got to get out of it. I went, to I, went to I went to Chicago and ate at, ate at a restaurant. I had like the, one of the best meals ever in Chicago and it was it felt amazing. They made cocktails that really like cost too much money and everything. It was the best. <laughs> I actually saw this story. I, I, I mean, it's kind of interesting that you brought up DoorDash because, because I saw the story on the daily dot. I don't know how true it is. I mean, these fucking play these, some of these websites like just go on TikTok and are like, Hey, this TikToker said this and they write a whole article about it, uh -huh. but it says a TikToker who claims to be a DoorDash driver says in a viral video that McDonald's has whole, a whole section dedicated to people who don't tip. And it sparked quite a debate online. In the video, the TikToker, Jordan, the model, says dashers get to pick and choose which orders they want to take because they are independent contractors. The TikToker says they mentioned in a previous video that orders from DoorDash customers who don't tip sit longer than those of customers who do. Another TikToker recently went viral for making a similar claim about Chipotle. Um, the creator then proceeds to show a McDonald's with about 30 to-go bags that have yet to be picked up. They claimed it was the section that was dedicated to people who didn't leave a tip for the service. You don't have to tip. You're not obligated to tip. 
We are also not obligated to take your order, the creator says. We are independent contractors who do not work for DoorDash, the company. We're our own bosses. And I don't think that's true. Is that true? Or do you see if they tipped before you, you take the... Oh, yeah, I took a, I took a, yeah, I, the, uh, this one, it pissed me off so bad. Uh, it was like an abysmal. It was $2 and 50 cents to drive from, uh, to drive from like Olentangy river road, like, uh, over to Linden. So probably about 10 miles. Yeah, maybe. it was a decent run, but I ended up taking it because I feel like DoorDash will reward you for, or they don't bug you or whatever, but also was able to get it was bundled with another one that that gave me a tip. Um, but I started doing it on campus today and campus people tip like crazy. Like the kids that have the money, like they will give you, they, that's where it's at. That's what that like ID. The, yeah. People that have like either they're either because it's just the generational thing or because, um, they they are just rich kids in college that like they have a credit card and their parents pay or something, whatever. They're way more generous with the tips. Yeah. I mean, people, when, when I was driving for Lyft, there was a lot of pretty good tippers on campus. Although like on campus a lot, when you're driving for Lyft, I mean, it sounds to me like your DoorDash situation is so much better of a deal than my Lyft situation. Because for sure. It's like, I got to pick a motherfucker up, drive them somewhere. And then maybe make four bucks. Uh, yeah, there were wanna... times where I picked somebody up uh, one block and drove them two blocks over and let them out. And they didn't tip because they were like, you barely drove me anywhere. Yeah. And you're supposed to razzle dazzle them. And you're supposed to like the car is like uh, you're supposed to stock it with all of like chargers and water and gum and shit. And uh, yeah, they expect you to wait to, to do way too much. They're let like, them play music. Let them pick the music and yeah. shit, and and like, like maybe have a conversation. You know, I I would love it if when Uber instituted that thing where it's like you can tell the driver not to talk to you. I think it would be incredible to only get those calls. I I might do it again. You know, <laughs> you ask where for it's only just, only for the shy people. Only for the, the antisocial or shy people. So I don't have to fucking talk to them. It is wild though, dude, because like on Uber, it was like roulette or like a, a um, slot machine. Basically, when I was driving for Lyft, it was like whatever came in, you had to take. You couldn't turn shit down. Yeah. Uh, you had to at least take, I think it was 98% of everything that came through. And it didn't tell you the destination until you approved the uh until you took the job and even then sometimes if they didn't type the destination in you didn't fucking know so basically like i spent my time trying to figure out what parts of town so i would go sit downtown by the expensive hotels uh-huh to see if i could take people to the airport that was Smart. like my big move it was like Okay, so if I, but most of the time it was really people just going like two or three blocks over. P people, I, I was always so shocked by it. I, I just, you know, because of me being a walking guy. Uh, so, you know, that was wild. Oh, you know, there is another yeah. thing that I did on yes. Monday. Okay. You want to hear this wild thing that I just decided to do Monday for no reason? What do you got? 
I just quit smoking. I just was like, I don't want to smoke anymore. And I gave my cigarettes to a homeless guy and fucking haven't had one since. Great. That's awesome. <laughs> I just, there's this like guilt. It's the same thing that happened the first time I quit back in 2006. There's like a guilt that creeps in every time you have a cigarette. Like after a while, like you get, you get there for a while and then. Like, at least for me, every time I had a cigarette, I was like, this is bad. I shouldn't be fucking doing this. Yeah. No, you shouldn't be doing this. You look yourself in a mirror. Yeah. Fucking no, you shouldn't be doing it. And uh, I also knew because I kept saying I'm going to quit on the first of the year. I also knew that what worked for me when I quit in 2006 was to not give myself any notice and to just say, fuck it. I'm done. This is it no more live with it yeah yeah and i don't actually feel bad like it seems like it's easier this time than it was in 2006 i didn't smoke this long this time yeah and you weren't smoking as in like a whole pack a day Mm, i was getting there really um yeah yeah oh yeah fuck that it's not as bad and and like i don't know man it just didn't taste good after a while it's just kind of like it doesn't it doesn't give me the same feeling that it used to give me. And I think I really kind of picked it back up as a as something to do outside of live gigs in which we haven't been doing them. Yeah. I mean, when we go back, yeah, sure. But I, I, I think I cannot do it, you know, and just hang out with people no, <laughs> instead I, and talk to them without smoking cigarettes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I felt the same way. Um, you know, we were smoking... I started smoking again when we did the live shows because I would get super wasted. And that's one of the fun things to do. And I didn't feel so bad about it. But once COVID happened, uh, it was like we were doing it when we were recording. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, but this is like a stupid thing to do. This is just like, let's go all punish ourselves together. It's like a camaraderie thing, you know, yep. like let's all go make a bad decision together because, you know, we're doing it together. Um, but, uh, I also got the same thing. The guilt just kept creeping in every single time. And then I would just, and then it would be like, I'm not going to smoke this week. I'm not going to smoke. And then I would do it. And then I would be mm-hmm. like miserable for like the next More three guilt. days. Just like, don't do it again. Please don't do it again. <laughs> and then I would do it again. Well, and it's hard to live through that cycle. Um, and so then now I do use, I do have a nicotine vape, um, which I was afraid of vaping all day long. Um, but I haven't, you know, I, I basically hang on to it for crisis scenarios when I know I'm going to drink a lot. Um, I just do the vape instead and it works. Uh, and I feel like I'm reformed to the point now where earlier this year I went on a trip with somebody and was smoking cigarettes with them. And then recently on the same trip when they kissed me and that they had smoked a cigarette, it reminded me of like kissing my fucking grandma. Like it was just disgusting. It was just so, it was revolting to me. The smell was just so bad. I feel like I'm, I'm cured for a while. Well, and I also bought, um, what's it called? I bought lozenges, nicotine lozenges. Smart. And uh, I've eaten one and that was on Monday and I haven't touched them since then. I'm just like, I think I'm done for now. You know, obviously, I, I, I am not a guy who makes bold proclamations about what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life, <laughs> because I feel like, it, you know, if I do go back to it, I might also feel bad. Uh, somebody asked what brands 
the boys smoked uh marlboro black menthol uh short the kings they used to call them kings when i was a kid but uh they moved it to short now that you know you're not allowed to call things so uh yeah man so me and john were about to record uh the pod cast and i fucking went and had a uh i went to have a lozenge and i i felt like i was gonna fucking barf oh yeah those things will fuck you up i don't think i need these either but i'm gonna keep them around for sure but it also feels nice not to smell bad again yeah and uh i'm gonna tell you the truth brett i don't have to wash my clothes every time i wear them again yeah which is great that is a fucking feeling unlike no other than not having to wash your clothes all the time yeah it's Uh, all it's all bonus Oh, come on. Somebody said, of course, Brian smoked menthol. So did Brett. Yeah, I smoked menthol. Always. (laughs) It's so funny. I don't even know what's the problem with that. I just picked them up, man. Um, So let's uh, let's take a look at this story. Um, No, 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 no. These are lozenges. Oh, no, no, no. I, I suck the lozenge. So that's fine. You know, Mike Lindell said during a live stream that he's pulling ads from the Christian radio network Salem. The move comes after the MyPillow CEO claimed the network never discussed why he's been canceled. <laughs> this Wait, article, what? this guy is so weird, Brett. This is from Yahoo News. MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell said Saturday that he's pulling his advertisements from the Christian radio network Salem. Uh, Lindell announced the move during his marathon 96-hour thanks-a-thon live stream, which, by the way, didn't know that was going on. Would totally listen to that. (laughs) Maybe not the whole thing, but Mike Lindell for 96 hours sounds kind of weird enough and he seems like a weird guy during the live stream the pillow pundit and election conspiracy theorist said in reference to salem they haven't had me on for a long long time so basically this radio uh, network hasn't had him on as a guest and he thinks he's canceled he pulled all of his advertising off of the radio network well i mean i would have i would have asked him first i would have tried to get on there first that's what I'm saying. He expressed annoyance that Salem apparently never took the time to explain why, in uh, his opinion, the mainstream media had shunned him. He said that woke retailers had also canceled him and described their actions as a joke. So he's also been can he has been kind of canceled though, Brent. What do you do? Um, I had no idea about this. So he says with Salem, nobody gets to sell my pillow products going forward. Lindell continued, you're done selling my pillow products. <laughs> um, Salem is not the only network that Lindell has an issue with. Last week, insiders Kiara Fields reported that he wanted to protest outside Fox News New York headquarters after he claimed that the network was a big part of our country being taken from us. Mike Lindell is he's out there, man. Yeah, like I don't mean he might be the most out there guy out there. We just got right we now. we have to stop picking like um real enemies. We have to stop like focusing on reality st- stuff. We just need to start saying like everybody's after us. And like yeah. you, you know, our listeners, 
need to really buckle down and support us more because everybody's after us. I mean, do you think I I'm going to try to get the, I'll, I'll, I will make sure this happens for everybody on December 18th. I think I have to go to the in-laws for Christmas. Okay. Fun. Um, I will try to find out if he's a Lindell support. Oh, good idea. Because Please. I just don't believe anybody could possibly. I can't imagine you look at that guy and don't think automatically he's a joke. I need to do that too. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna try to take temperature of my dad if I can. First time, <laughs> first time ever. I'm gonna drill down on my dad. What he's, do you? I, say? I hope he's just like. What do you think of that Lindell guy? He kind of seems like. I'm not. What should I see to? Should I say he seems like a kook, or should I just no. say? Should I? I guess if you did say he seems like a kook, your dad, if he doesn't think he's a kook, your dad might actually say like, well, he has some good point. Cause a lot it's of a good times, way to throw somebody on their defensive. Cause if I say that and he's offended, it means like he actually likes him. Yeah. Because a lot of times dudes will be like a, lo- a lot of time. Katie's down. I'll be like, yeah, he's a fucking kook. He's a little crew. Like what about Trump? Right, right, right. right. When Trump would say something stupid, I'd be like, what about this stupid thing he said? And he was like, ah, he's he's a little crude. He's a little silly. But like, you know, he's doing the right things for America. So you might be able to say Lindell's a kook. I think my tactic would probably I mean, I wonder if they have a my pillow. Maybe I ask about if they have a my pillow. Because if they're Lindell yeah. supporters, they gotta own a my pillow. Well, right? and you're right. Yeah, but now you're and you're also you're that's a good point though, because they even if they're not sympathetic to Lindell, they do want to just keep the money inside of their like hateful economy. You know, <laughs> like I could see them saying, like, why not buy a Lindell pillow? You know? I mean, it is interesting. Many retailers, including Bed Bath and Beyond and Kohl's, cut ties with my pillow and Lendell after he began spreading baseless voter fraud theories about the 2020 <laughs> election, as insiders Kate Taylor reported. Lindell made headlines back in March for announcing a fundraiser called the Lindell Legal Offense Offense Fund. The Lindell Legal Offense Fund. So he's like, Oh, fun. No, I'm not on the fucking defense, dude. I'm on the offense. You know, makes me seem very tough, makes him seem tough, which was intended to help him go after election fraud. As the Daily Report, Daily Beast reporter Zachary Patrizo posted in a tweet at the time on Friday, Lindell said anyone who donated to the fund would receive a free copy of his memoir. What are the odds from crack addict to CEO, which, by the way, dude, I don't think this dude ever smoked crack. What? I just I think this is a big fucking this is a lie. What? He said the book included a chapter where he described how he once dug through a carpet searching for crack cocaine. Yeah, that happens to all of them. That does happen to a lot of people, but that's also like such a highly specific, like not a no, highly specific. No, that happens to everybody that does meth or, or any speed or powdered substance. Yeah. No, I understand that, but it also is something that you could just say. And would be reason people would be I, like, yeah, I get it. I I just don't know. I follow I'm recovery. There's people on TikTok, recovery TikTok. People make that joke a lot. Yeah, he could. He could. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe or shadow people. 
I mean, but, uh, but when you are digging through carpet, that is a, something that sticks in your mind forever. It's like a low moment where you're like, I think that I have a fucking problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, all the, I think when, when you're I, chasing that shit down. Yeah. What, I think the time that I figured out I had a problem, dude, was <laughs> I, I had the pill bottle and I fucking took my finger and ran it along the inside and on the bottom and just sucked the stuff off of it, hoping that it would get me high, you know? And I was like licking it. I was like, I would lick the uh, insides. I would like, like kind of like eating a little pussy, but it was a little harder. So I would like take the thing and I go, you know, huh? that's gross. Well, that's, I mean, I was trying to get pills in me, dude. Uh, so Starbucks, uh, and I mean, upstate. I don't, I think, I just, I don't think I, how, who would not lick the bag? Who doesn't lick the bag? Like, that's crazy. I would fight. I would, I would definitely try to steal that shit. And like, if we're all yeah. sharing, I'm like, I'll take the bag. Yeah, that's true. I mean, mine was just, I'm running out of painkillers. Okay. I, I think I was talking about like, I, I was thinking about it the other day, but I'm like, I used to chew those fucking things up and like, like the taste. I think that's the other where I realized I had like kind of a drug problem was where I was like, man, these fucking pills taste so good. I would just yeah. chew, chew a whole Vicodin up like, and just really enjoy it and think it tastes good. Well, Wes, Will Westlake, a Starbucks barista in Hamburg, New York, whose store recently filed for a union election, was told by a manager he could attend an earlier mandatory anti-union meeting on November 8th because he was scheduled to work early the next day. What? Oh, okay. The meeting was in a nearby hotel. When Westlake arrived, he found out he was the only worker in attendance oh, with shit. six members of Starbucks management. The meeting lasted for about one hour. Um, before I get further into this, this is about a Starbucks union drive. Uh, I don't know if you heard this, Brett, or if the listeners heard this, I couldn't really play it on the air. Cause it's like a 15 minute thing that doesn't have any sort of like logical stop and start points, uh -huh. but, uh, somebody recorded the audio of a anti-union meeting Ooh. at Amazon. Uh, where the managers were in there uh, giving their reasoning about why the union shouldn't be there right. and where the employees were arguing with them. And uh, you can, at Starbucks or Amazon anti-union audio, you, you can find it. It was on Motherboard. Uh, it was really fascinating. It was every sort of meeting you've ever been to that's anti-union, you know? Yeah. They kept saying like, oh, it's an outside force trying to come in and get between the employees and management so we can't do good things. And like, they just so happened to have the guy in the meeting who was like the first person to sign on to the union drive. Uh, and he was like, we all work here. Like 95% of the people that are part of this group work here. So right. that's a lie that you said <laughs> right oh, yeah, there. I, I did hear that. Yeah. It's really good. This was basically how my last anti-union meeting was. Totally separated from the rest of my coworkers and having to be surrounded, said Westlake. 
They started off by going around and saying that they wanted me to vote no for the union. And then they went back and forth talking about how great all the benefits are at Starbucks. And if we vote in a union, we may not have any of those benefits. Uh, this is like some real heavy intimidation where you get six peop six managers and they bring one guy in. Yeah, you're fucked. You can't do anything. You can't say shit. Why would, why would you dare speak? Yeah. Westlake emphasized the numerous anti-union meetings have been framed as listening sessions, but it's the workers who have been doing most of the listening. The sessions have largely consisted of management presenting anti-union talking points with little feedback from workers involved. Westlake's experience is just one part of an aggressive anti-union campaign run by the giant coffee chains as six Starbucks stores in the Buffalo, New York area have filed for union elections with the National Labor Relations Board in recent weeks. If successful, the stores would be the first Starbucks corporate locations to unionize in the U.S. Nice. Uh, hey, if somebody is, if you can get us in contact with somebody from this union drive, we'd love to talk to them on the call-in show too. Absolutely. Uh, or fucking, you know, if they can't make it during the call-in show, you know, we'll, we'll figure out a time to talk to them because I mean, getting a Starbucks unionized would be incredible. I think that's a big one. Oh, you know, absolutely. That's, that's like getting a Walmart. That's like, if you can get a full city of Starbucks stores, totally unionized, you, that is a that's a move, man. That's what I'm trying it to seems get. like it seems like the place that might most be likely that the employees I get a vibe off the employees at Starbucks that they would be a little bit more uh welcoming of a union. That like if they had the chance that they could maybe win. I disagree. I think that they floated on this um idea of being better than most other places for a really long time. And they still have that reputation. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, they do say that they have like really good, uh, packages. Yeah. You should not penises. If you listen to the, why you mad podcast, uh, Luisa Diaz, she was actually a manager of Starbucks. I'm, I'm like, what's called like a million dollar store. Um, and she really like drank the Kool-Aid on a lot of Starbucks, uh, you know, being the best place to work. And uh, talked about it recently. It's pretty good. What is a million dollar store? What's they do that? like a million dollars of business every quarter. Really? Okay. Yeah. The company set has sent more managers here to Buffalo than workers voting in the first three elections. There's no way it can be viewed as anything other than an attempt to spy on partners and intimidate them, said Brian Murray, a Starbucks barista in Lancaster, New York. Murray added, every day we're forced to deal with new managers we've never met, and it's draining to have to go through constant anti-union meetings, text messages, and managers trying to pry into our lives. It shouldn't be acceptable for them to treat anyone like this, especially during the lead-up to an election that should be free and fair. Um, that is wild, man. Like, uh, you know, the steps they're taking there are really going for it. Uh, the former Starbucks CEO and billionaire Howard Schultz visited Buffalo to present a case against unionizing to workers on November 6th and incited criticism for making an analogy to the Holocaust and discussing the company's mission. Yeah. Uh, I mean, here's something about Howard Kurtz, Howard Schultz. Do you remember 
when he wanted to run for president and everybody said, we hate you. Don't run for president. I do. <laughs> and they sent him, they sent him to talk to these people. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen somebody get such a reaction in my life. People truly fucking hated that guy. I don't even remember why other than he like runs Starbucks. It just annoyed people. Um, Starbucks Workers United filed an unfair labor practice charge with the NLRB on November 4th over Starbucks conduct during the union campaign, which included Starbucks shutting down two stores that are holding union elections and transferring workers to disrupt the voting units. Starbucks characterized the closures as coincidental. Uh, so that is uh, probably not true, I guess. As soon as the baristas publicly announced they wanted to have a union, corporate executives swarmed into the stores to try and stop them with threats, promises, store closings, and overwhelming pressure, said Richard Benzinger, an organizer with Starbucks Workers United. So uh, he said all 21 employees at the Starbucks store in Chicatawaga, New York, had signed the union election petition, but the company then expanded the voting list of 46 workers. At another store, Benzinger said 80% of workers signed union authorization cards, and Starbucks shut down that store as well. The company transferred workers to other stores and turned the location into a training center. Um, yeah, smart. Easy. They have, I mean, it's easy for them to get rid of this shit. They have all the money in the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also, I. it seems fairly un i know that classically it's been it always feels so pointless to me to fight a union drive i mean they win a lot of times but like it just makes you look bad to people on they the outside they make you know? money they care about making money true but how much less money are they going to make if a union comes in there they're less le any anything anything <laughs> less than what they make is not good for them any less if there's less they don't like that of course it costs more money i mean a little bit more but i just feel like you know it's it's like just a I mean, readjustment of of like wages and i mean they already kind of have benefits there and shit like i don't know i don't know i feel like it's bad press but I guess I'm probably wrong because most people don't read the press about this kind of stuff. Yeah, no one gives a fuck about this. And you give a fuck and you still shop there. I mean, like, it was like, it doesn't matter. Like, what people think doesn't matter. It's how much money they make. Like, it's, you, you can think all the radical shit you want, but if you're not living a radical life, you're not doing anything. Like, there's just nothing to be done except for, yeah, I don't know. They they um, they win they win it's it, it's and they spend them they spend so much fucking money just to fight people uh, on getting benefits and wages and all that stuff. Uh, true, and they're really good at it, and they always get away with it. I don't know what to say except for I, do violence. Yeah, I didn't really know that they like anybody had attempted with Starbucks, but uh, so the last thing I'm going to do on the show, um. I just wanted to talk about this a little bit with you. I don't know if you saw it, but have you seen the people freaking out about people breaking into retailers? Yeah. Uh, where San they're Francisco? Acting, 
Yeah, they're acting like it's like an epidemic all the way across the country and shit. Uh, it, it says, uh, I, I got this CNN article and it's really weird because like, I can't imagine this happens very much. Uh, it doesn't, I don't know. I've never seen it happen. I've never heard of anybody that attempted it. And like, it doesn't feel like, it's like it doesn't feel like the news stories that are coming out have very many different places. You know what I mean? Where they're always like, oh, 10 people ran into a fucking Home Depot. And then the next news story is like, it's an epidemic. 10 people ran into a Home Depot. And it's just like, it's always the same places, I guess. Um, um, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, I'll, I mean, I'll do devil's advocate. I guess that's what I normally do. Um, I mean, they are boarding up their windows. Right. right. Was that fake? I mean, they are boarding up the windows. So, so something is happening for sure. Well, something has, I, I think the thing is something has happened. Well, I guess. And, and, and what I would say is that they've always been vulnerable. Because like even so in the there there used to be this group called the Low Gang, L O like apostrophe L O, the Polo Gang, like they would go to downtown New York City to the Ralph Lauren store and have a whole bunch of people run in and grab stuff and just run out and then they would resell it. Um, so there's always been the risk like. The, the, there's no security at these places. Uh, we really do live in a polite society where most people don't want to get involved with that. But the the risk of somebody just running in and taking all of your shit and getting away with the crime is is very it's very easy to do that actually. It is you know? easy to do. It's easy uh, to just break a window and take shit and run away. It, it's like smash and grab a jewelry store heist on a motorcycle. I mean, you can. That's money in the bank. Like that's a career path. <laughs> They, they are not going to get you. It says, we have been seeing this wave of people invading stores in large numbers, San Francisco Police Chief William Scott said. There's no way in my mind that we can have a situation where 20, up to 80 people can invade a store or series of store and there not be some communication and some organization. How come they can't find it, though? How come they can't find the the organization and communication? There, right, because there isn't one. They're they're looking for like a, a network or like an email list. I mean, it's it's twenty people that know each other. Like it's just it's just gully people. Yeah, it says three subject suspects were arrested November twentieth after a mob ransacked at Nordstrom store in Walnut Creek, east of San Francisco. Some eighty suspects were involved, and they fled the outdoor mall in at least ten vehicles. Police said. 10 vehicles, eight people per vehicle. Okay, well, I guess that fits. That theft followed similar raids that weekend near San Francisco's Union Square where thieves targeted Louis Vuitton, Burberry, and Bloomingdale yeah. stores, a Walgreens, and cannabis, can, cannabis dispensaries. This is happening in Atlanta, too. Atlanta, Louis, and Gucci and shit got hit up, too. Um, I mean, it's going to happen more and more. I mean, it, it is like... It should have been happening. I don't know. Maybe it's getting more coverage now. I guess people, I, I don't know. I think it's getting more coverage because I, I, I mean, I, I think it's always happened in some amounts. And I do think that it's getting more coverage for the same reason, like gang shit got more coverage in the nineties that 
terrorism yeah. got coverage in the 2000s. That's that true. Math got coverage. It's always the same reason. It's I've like watched- people are saying defund the police, and now you're seeing Governor Gavin Newsom in California saying they're going to be doing saturation patrols near major retail sites during the holidays. Yeah. Season. Yeah. No, you're right. I'm not, you're right on that. It, it is, um, uh, you know, they lose what a, a $30,000. It's a fake $30,000 because they only paid, you know, $300 to get the shit made, you know, but they lose a fake $30,000 in retail every few months from some people that go get bold and run out. I have seen these videos on YouTube. I have watched plenty of videos where people run out of a store with a whole fucking rack full of clothes. Um, but with the the footage that came out of the last year with the uh, the marches and protests, um, this does seem like a pretty good way to cook it up. As like every, in every city in America now, people are ransacking our precious Burberrys and Tiffany's. <laughs> <laughs> our weed dispensaries are being ransacked. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 uh, what they deserve. Um, and I think, uh, you know, we should have a bigger conversation about how this shit shouldn't exist or like there, you know, what the situation in San Francisco is when there's people that are buying $1,000 dog collars and there's people that, you know, work a full-time job and, and can't afford anything. Can't live there. Right. You know, people who the, the, work, the people that work there can't live there. Yeah. Yeah, the people that, that do the work inside the city can't fucking live there. And there's a Louis Vuitton store. There's a Burberry store. There's all these stores that are selling these things that are so priced so fucking high that, I mean, it can only be called conspicuous consumption. It's kind of like, you know, all we hear about is that there is a homelessness problem in San Francisco and then there's all this fucking money there and uh the shit is going to happen if people are desperate this shit's going to happen that's part of like that's part of why people do crime but right. i i again also kind Nobody, of feel like no no those tech people are doing it it's not tech people that are doing it <laughs> you know it's people that need, need money to live yeah, and it says the FBI is going to take a, a, a more of a role. I mean, this is just going to end up being another way for yeah. the police to harass people. Yeah, to go after boosters, to go after yep. fucking boosters, and then to try to get them on RICO charges or something, uh, or, or to make up, you know, the same thing. They just make up criminal organizations. Exactly, exactly. Because there is like, uh, uh, it said... In Illinois, Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown said on Monday that his department was particularly focused on smash and grab thefts. He said two teenagers were arrested for the theft of 8,500 worth of items from a beauty supply store. Um, Chicago Police Chief of Operations Brian McDermott said the department had increased patrols in the central business district and other locations and tracking stolen cars and vehicles typically used in these types of crimes. Oakland Mayor Libby Schaff, a Democrat, on Monday blamed cuts in the number of city police officers for the wave of smash and grab thefts as well as the spike in gun violence. Let me be clear. Oakland needs more police. She Uh, told CNN's Kate Boldan. Um, so yeah, that's the reason why th- this is like a, a an epidemic now. They always say shit is an epidemic, and again, there was an opioid epidemic. 
but they didn't fucking care about it until it started to become like a fucking problem for until it started to become a thing where the cops could bust people and get funding to fight against fentanyl and shit yeah. like that. You yeah. know? Absolutely. So that's just what they do. They fucking do it every time, these cops. So fuck the police. And uh, that is Street Fight for tonight. Wish me luck on quitting smoking. Yeah, we want we want to see the best, and uh, we don't want to smell you. Oh come on, I like smelling, but yeah, wish me luck, everybody. I don't think it's gonna happen. I mean, I don't think I'm gonna start. I I mean, if I didn't do it today, then I think I'm done. All right, congratulations. All right, we'll see you well, on that Sunday. Is the show. Uh, yeah, peace. You can't have sex at Christmas You can't make love or screw Celebrate as he intended With television and food My favorite part of Christmas Is forgetting my feet Bricks laid bells of fire As the snow melts to the and if I drink too much at Christmas Heavens let me sleep Don't make a fuss at Christmas Spare me charity Cause I'm old enough to know better But young enough for more Somewhere between mistletoe Lying Christmas isn't Christmas If you're not